wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We want to be inspirational, educational, but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. And on this episode, I have M. Webb, and she is a content creator. She goes by the Camo Cowgirl. So we lived out at Holloman Air Force Base in like... 30 minutes past that, it's a place called White Sands Missile Range. And so they do a bunch of like missile testing out there. There's actually a bunch of like undetonated ordnance or things like that still on the base. And so when you go hunting out there, you actually do have to be careful. Like, hey, if you see something, you're not sure what it is, like don't approach it, don't step on it because there are some explosions out there just hanging out. I watched a video and I didn't realize it, but the retrieving dogs wear like goggle glasses for their protection because you know the the cranes if they're not dead when they hit the ground they they can be pretty pretty brutal and i hear that like they're really good to eat the crane is considered the ribeye of the sky welcome to hunting day with stephen robbins now for your host stephen robbins all right guys and gals welcome back to another episode of hunting day and on this episode i have M. Webb, and she is a content creator. We found each other on Instagram. She goes by the Camo Cowgirl, and she is here to talk about women in the outdoors and how we need to get more women and children in the outdoors, hunting, fishing, and just enjoying nature. And so I'm really excited to have her here because everyone knows that my passion is the outdoors. And the more people that we can get involved, the better that we are as a society. And so, M, thank you for being on tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm very excited and blessed to be here. Yeah, so um, the theme, it seems like here lately, is people from Texas. And so <laughs> you are you live in Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, yes. so that's really cool. Um, you weren't born in Texas. You uh, you you shared with me that your your dad was in the military in the Air Force, so you moved around a lot. And you also shared with me a really cool story about hunting in New Mexico on a on a military base. So we'll talk more about that. But um, just kind of like tell our listeners a little bit about you and how you got started in hunting. Yeah, absolutely. So I, like you said, I graduated from Texas Tech University. That's out in West Texas, good old Lubbock. Um, I graduated in 2019. And so I actually met my now fiance at the Texas Tech Ducks Unlimited chapter. Um, so that tells you a little bit about me and um, my fiance. We love being outdoors hunting and fishing and all the fun things but I have been hunting and fishing way longer than that I grew up hunting and fishing my dad really got me into it he grew up hunting and fishing with his dad and his granddad and then even on my mom's side all of my uncles they're up in Wisconsin they're huge hunters and fishermen so every summer I would go out there and get to fish with them and shoot their fun toys and we would just plink cans off the fence line and so that's really how I got started in it and like I kind of mentioned to you earlier my dad was in the military so we moved all over the country every two to three years and so that allowed me to go on some pretty cool hunts all over the U.S. That's awesome that is awesome so one of those cool hunts was a Gimsbach hunt 
at the what, what military base was it so we lived out at holloman air force base and like 30 minutes past that it's a place called white sands missile range and so they do a bunch of like missile testing out there there's actually a bunch of like undetonated ordnance or things like that still on the base and so when you go hunting out there you actually do have to be careful like hey if you see something you're not sure what it is like don't approach it don't step on it because there are some explosions out there just hanging out that's that's probably the coolest story i've heard in a long time (laughs) (laughs) it was an adventure for sure that's like me and a couple redneck buddies you know going and blowing up some tannerites one thing but when you actually have to watch where you're stepping like hey don't touch that right um ah wow that would be so cool to go out and do that and a gims buck that is awesome so like how was that experience it was amazing it's still one of my favorite hunting trips to this day especially because i got to experience it with my dad um we actually both drew for Gemsbach, but in different months. So mine was in September and you only get to hunt on the weekends out there because they're testing during the week. So you only have like four weekends out of the month. Um, So I did September and he did October. Um, And so I ended up getting mine first, but it was, it was truly rewarding. Like you have to work for it. You can't just set up a stand out there, you know, like a feeder or anything like that. And there's no way to even really call them. So you are just driving around miles and miles of what seems like the moon, honestly, like in every direction, you just look out and it's just nothing but desert. It's like, what planet are we on right now? (laughs) Um, But yeah, so you have to work hard and you're just kind of, um, hoping you stumble upon one, you know, you get out and you look for tracks and you kind of glass for a little bit. Like I do remember there was one like old kind of satellite that was still out there, but abandoned. And my dad like climbed up on top of it and we had to like get up there and like glass for the Oryx. So that was really cool. Um, But yeah, it was not for the faint of heart. You definitely had to earn that one with all the work we had to put in, but we did end, end up stumbling upon one that kind of ran in front of us just out of the blue. I still am. I'm convinced that the Lord had his hand in that because it was just so random. It was the last weekend that I was allowed to hunt. And all of a sudden, one just kind of runs out in front of us. And so we tracked it a little bit and I ended up getting a really good shot on it. So, yeah, it was definitely a cool experience. Very cool. Very cool. And so Gimsbuck, that's a really good eating animal as well, correct? Yes. Oh, the meat is fantastic. Yeah. So when I killed that scimitar horned oryx, everybody told me like, hey, this is really good. You're really going to like it. And uh, so I had this like already a preconceived notion that it was going to be good and it is phenomenal. And, uh, I, I rank it up there with Axis. Um, I think Axis is still probably my favorite venison to eat, but scimitar horned orcs is amazing. And, uh, I'm, I definitely, I want to do a Gims buck hunt and we're going to Africa next year. And so that's on the list oh, is, wow. is to kill a Gims buck and, you know, we can't bring any of the meat home with us, um, but we will get to a chance to eat it in camp. So I'm looking forward to that. But it's uh, nice. I'm, I'm very envious of, of your trip there because I was actually not long ago looking at that because um, I was on New Mexico looking at 
all dads, the, the, um, Persian Ibex that are running around in the mountains out there. And so I, uh, I definitely, I definitely want to make it to New Mexico, enter that draw, hopefully win a tag sometime soon and go partake in that because that does sound fun. And I, I don't know what, um, if you're, how many people's allowed to go with you when you go do that, but I got some buddies that would be, I think a hoot. Because if we had to run around and not touch things, I feel like they're going to be the type that want to touch things that they're not supposed to. Right. (laughs) So that would be, that would be fun. But, uh, so you, you're an all around hunter and you grew up hunting and it's, I think that's a unique story for a woman currently. No, there are a lot of young ladies who are growing up in the outdoors now, but that's, you know, that's not very common previously. And so to, to have that background, I think that's awesome. And so, you know, your, your parents, they, you know, I can't speak for them, but I'm raising my kids in the outdoors because I think it's a great way for them to get away from the world and to, you know, find, find a way to be able to adapt to certain situations and overcome. But just basically to unplug from the screens, from all the, you know, nonsense that's, that's, that's there. Right. And so I think that's cool that you grew up in the outdoors and to tell the story that you met your fiance at a ducks unlimited banquet. That's awesome. And, uh, (laughs) that's really cool. No, you have to share with everyone the story that you were sharing with me earlier about, the John boat that you all were refurbishing. I think that's really cool to take on a project like that and then to turn around and go out and kill ducks in a boat that you all overhauled. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, um, my fiance's dad, he just had like this family heirloom, I guess it's like an old aluminum John boat. And it's just kind of been sitting out on their property. And we had the idea we're like, well, let's turn it into like a duck hunting machine, you know, like it's just sitting here. And he was like, yeah, go for it. And so all of last summer we spent fixing that thing up. There was some holes and cracks that needed to be filled. Uh, We got a new motor for it. We gave it a fresh new paint job, make it look all ducky with the duck camo. And so it was a lot of fun. We put a lot of hard work into it. And like you said, like it was even more rewarding when we finally got to take it out and hunt out of it and kill ducks out of it. It was like, okay, this is what we spent our entire summer fixing this thing up for. So we're excited to take it out this next season. Yeah, that's awesome. So duck hunting has never been very high on my list. And the only reason I say that is my dad did not do that and nor did anyone else in my family. So I grew up primarily deer hunting. Um, turkey hunting wasn't even really a thing for like spring turkey wasn't, you know, we didn't go do that. And so I primarily just grew up deer hunting. And as I've, through my adulthood, I've branched out into different styles of hunting and I've done some duck hunting and goose hunting, but it's never been very, um, demanding over my life, so to speak. And so uh, I've gotten big into upland hunting um but i do i think there's a sense of desire for 
waterfowl hunting because of the camaraderie you know setting in the duck blind is fun because you know you're talking to each other you're cutting up you're having a good time versus you know uh, i love the solitude of archery or spear hunting and or ju- just hunting in general but right being with your buddies is fun and i think <laughs> there's a lot that could be said about that because being around people that you like to be around and doing the things that you all like to do that you when you have common interest i think that's really awesome so duck hunting is something that is higher on my list now than what it previously was and i love to hear stories from other duck hunters and uh like what's what would be one of your favorite waterfowl hunting stories oh my gosh <laughs> there's too many to count <laughs> but yeah like you said it's it's fun because because of the camaraderie like it's just it's a big group activity and sure you can go out there and duck hunt by yourself but when you get out there with your buddies and you know it's it's an adventure you have to lug all of your decoys and all of the gear and especially when we have the boat too like there's the boat and then there's the camo tarp to cover the boat you know when you get all that out there and you finally get to sit down and just that like 10 minutes as the sun is rising before shooting light like you're so excited. Like all your, you and your buddies are sitting, you're waiting, you're, you're waiting for that first shot somewhere to like ring off. And then, you know, it's game time and there's just, there's nothing like it, honestly. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. And, and then you finish up your hunt and then it's all the goofing around, you know, maybe you crack a beer and then that's when all the funny memories, you know, start to happen. So it's a lot of fun. Heck yeah. That's really cool. So is there a part or a particular area in Texas that you would prefer to hunt as far as waterfowl versus others? Honestly, so I did some hunting in Lubbock whenever I was in college, some duck hunting there. And that was, that was pretty good. There was some good opportunities there on, we did a little public land hunting. And then we also, you know, went around and would scout and make friends with some of the farmers that own private land. And so we'd also get to hunt some of that private land. But out here we're in um, central Texas is where we hunt because that's where my fiance's family is from. And so we have some land around there and we have some buddies that have some land around there. And honestly, it's it's given us great results. We've had a lot of fun, shot a lot of ducks out there, but we definitely would like to get to different parts of Texas as well. Maybe South Texas. I'd really love to shoot a wood duck. So we're definitely wanting to get down South Texas, see if we can make that happen. That's awesome. That is awesome. So when you were in Lubbock, did you do any sandhill crane hunting? I did. I I wasn't fortunate enough to shoot one. I'd like to maybe go back this year and see if I can get on one. But yeah, that that hunt was a hoot as well. I watched a video and I didn't realize it, but the retrieving dogs wear like goggle Mm -hmm. glasses for their protection because you know the the cranes if they're not dead when they hit the ground they they can be pretty pretty brutal and uh that just looks like a really fun hunt and i hear that like they're really good to eat oh yeah the the crane is considered the ribeye of the sky (laughs) it's very good eating yeah that's really cool so you do waterfowl hunting you've you've hunted Gimsbug free range out in uh new mexico which is that's so awesome and uh so like deer hunting what's deer hunting like around the fort worth area so we actually we go out to uh, central texas for that as well okay that's right yep 
we, my fiance's family has some land out there and we also have a lease. And so we do our deer hunting out there. We've got some really great deer out there as well. And I've also actually gotten to deer hunt up in Wisconsin. I actually started out deer hunting in Wisconsin versus Texas. And that is two different ball games because you're not allowed to bait deer up there. So that is really just a waiting game out there in that freezing cold. And the, the size of the deer has to be drastically different because you're talking about a, you know, basically almost a Canadian whitetail because you're so close, but like, you know, they're probably 250 pound, 300 pound whitetails up there. Right. Right. And then Texas, yeah. you know, <laughs> Texas, I mean, their whitetails, it varies in size, but I mean, 150 pounds is a pretty big whitetail from what I, from my experience. And, uh, right. so, you know, that's two different, it, all, to me, that's two different deer. I mean, I know they're both whitetails, but yeah, different, different hunting tactics and styles. And, you know, that's, what's really cool about America is you can go to different States and there's there's not a wrong way to deer hunt in my opinion, but there's better ways depending on where you're right. at. And so it'll really, it'll really teach you a lot about hunting, just hunting in a different area. Oh, yeah. So that's really cool. And, uh, so you grew up hunt or you started hunting in Wisconsin and, uh, I guess, you know, what would be, let me let me figure out how to, to word this properly. What is some advice that you would give uh, a young lady who is looking to do something in the outdoors? Um, what would be, you know, how would how should she approach it to, to get started in the outdoors? And once she's, you know, been around it, like what are some things that are that you've learned from your experience that make hunting better versus not? I think especially for a newcomer, it can be very intimidating. There's a lot that goes into it, but I would say you, you just got to go for it. You just kind of got to jump in and also be willing to learn. There's a lot to learn. Even the best hunter, the best fisherman still has things to learn. I'm still learning. And so just keep an open mind and surround yourself with people who are also passionate about it and willing to teach and mentor but I mean, that's, that's how I got started in it. I probably wouldn't have if my uncles hadn't been so involved in it or if my dad hadn't been so involved in it. And so I just saw how passionate they were and I was interested in it as well. And so I asked all the questions and learned all the things and I'm still learning to this day, but I've been there because I know it can be intimidating, especially for a female to get involved in it. And there's a lot that goes into it, but the reward is well worth it. And you just, you just have to be willing to learn is the biggest thing I can say. Yeah. yeah. Be teachable and definitely, you know, be a sponge and absorb. And I think that this industry has for decades been a male dominant industry, but I think um, we're starting to see kind of the, a turn because there are so many, really good female hunters out there and i think it's no longer a you know okay if you're a female you're riding the coattails of someone either it's your boyfriend or your husband or whatever but there are so many really good female hunters and i think you you know yourself is one of them and so it's really cool to have people like you come on the podcast and to talk hunting with you 
regardless of gender. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I think that's a, a very touchy topic these days because, right. <laughs> you know, there's according to society, there's 9 million genders, but, you know, we, we know there's only two and, you know, there's, there's really no debate anymore in the industry as a, you know, I'm sure there's still people who would want to debate it, but it's not a female hunter versus male hunter. One's better than the other. It's, I can right. learn from you as much as you can learn from me. And so I think that's really cool. And I love that because my daughter's are hunters as well. And so is my son, but he's, awesome. he, he's a lot younger, you know, he's three years yeah. old, but Ava's eight, Zoe's five. And the fact that they are coming up in a, in a industry that people like yourself and like my wife, April, they've, you know, they've, they've kind of even the play in field. And I think that's really right. cool. <laughs> and uh, thank you for that, because that's something that, you know, you may have had to deal with, but now girls that are coming behind, you don't have to. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's great that your little kiddos are getting the bug, getting the hunting bug. That's, that's really awesome. And and I, like you said, I, I hope that, you know, now that they're kind of coming into the game, that it, it'll be easier for them and they see other females getting involved in the industry. And so it's not so uncommon now. And so that they're more accepting of that. So I think that's, that's really awesome. Yep, for sure. So before we wrap up here, is there anything, any, any additional advice you'd want to give to someone who is coming into the industry? I mean, your advice earlier was, was perfect as far as, you know, just come out and do it and then learn every chance you can from someone who's done it. But you know, is there anything else that you, you know, you feel like that it maybe maybe it's not. So don't don't feel like that there is more to it. But if there is any other advice right. that you would want to give someone, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's also just kind of this goes with anything in life. You know, there's there's going to be people that are actual mentors and they want to help you along the way and help you become a better hunter or a better fisherman. But there's also going to be people out there that want to discourage you. And I know there's a lot of talk about, you know, like, oh, you're using a gun instead of a bow or, oh, you're wearing makeup out to the field. Like, don't let those things get to you, you know, don't let them shadow what's important because none of those things matter at the end of the day, you know, do what is comfortable with you and what you think is going to deliver the most lethal shot and what you're passionate about. And those who are meant to be with you will follow you on, along the way and help you every step. So that's, that's the best advice I can offer. That's solid. I like that because, you know, people do do that the things that you just said and it's like there are bullies and i don't know that they necessarily mean to be a bully and maybe some people do i don't know but you know when people give advice sometimes advice like that they think that they're helping but it could be you know it's negative and um it doesn't matter if you bow hunt or rifle hunt or muzzleload hunt or throw a knife or a boomerang if you're out there enjoying nature and you're you know leaving it better than when you, what, the way you found it i think that's that's awesome and don't focus on how you're doing it but focus more on why you're doing it i think that your advice is solid and so i do appreciate that i really do 
if people wanted to reach out to you, say someone shares this podcast episode with their niece or their cousin or their sister, or maybe even their mom or daughter, um, if they wanted to reach out to you and if they had more specific questions, what would be the best way for them to get, get a hold of you? Uh, y'all can reach out to me through Instagram. I have Instagram and TikTok, which is just at the.camo.cowgirl or email as well. Uh, my email is emilywebttu19 at gmail. So yeah, if anyone has any questions or anything like that, I would love to answer questions. And we are also trying to get an all-female hunt maybe put together at the end of this season. So if anyone is interested in that, definitely contact me for sure. That's awesome. That is awesome. So another question that I ask everyone yeah. that comes on, and uh, maybe you, you know it's coming here, but uh, if you could hunt anywhere in the world, where would you go and what would you hunt? Oh, New Zealand, definitely. New Zealand, New Zealand for um, stag. Yes. That, so that's that mine. <laughs> that's mine. As oh, well. really? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, we've had a lot of people say that, and it's such a beautiful place. I've never been, and uh, but it's we're it's a place that I think is we're going to go. And um, I guess I'll ask you this. Uh, is there a particular method that you prefer? Would you rather bow hunt or gun hunt? Or it doesn't matter as long as you're in New Zealand hunting red stag. Yeah, I actually, I'm hoping to get into bow hunting either this season or next. I've just never lived in a place where I've had enough room to really practice. And it's something that I definitely want to practice at to make sure I'm lethal. Yep. Um, so yeah, for that, I'd, I'd probably take my good old rifle for a stag hunt in New Zealand. Awesome. That'd be pretty cool. Awesome. What's your, what's your favorite caliber to hunt with? I really like, so I have a seven millimeter Magnum and that's what I use to take down my Oryx. And that thing is just a cannon, but it's so fun to shoot. Yeah. That's uh, sounds like it hurts. Just seven millimeter yeah. Magnum. Um, I shoot, yeah. I shoot a 300 win mag pretty common and I just got a seven mm PRC, but the seven mag, nice. I, I, it kills over on that end and it wounds on this end is kind of the way that I think about right. that. And so that is so awesome that you hunt with a seven mag. Like that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. But, it was, it was just that, that one time. And, and honestly, I was 16 years old and I was nothing but skin and bone then. So it definitely knocked me back a little bit, but, but um, it's pretty dang fun to shoot. That's so awesome. That is awesome. Well, Em, I really do appreciate you coming on and your advice was awesome. And there is so much value in everything that you said today. And, you know, just being a, a mentor in, in, in a sense, and, you know, being an advocate for new people to get in the outdoors, especially young women. And I think that's awesome. And so again, thank you for being on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And so I just want to say to all of our listeners, I really do appreciate week after week you guys showing up for us and year one was amazing we're rolling into year two here at hunting day and we got a lot of good things planned for you all and other guests that are just like emily that are amazing and they are true outdoorsmen they love being in the outdoors and their passion you can just sense it and and feel it when you're talking to them and so we just want to say thank you and we want to say keep hunting and keep doing what God calls you to do. Thank you for listening to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. 
If you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at Stephen Robbins HD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.